Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to a following on special podcast from Talk Sports. I'm Jared Gimba and today we travel from St. Lucia to St. Kitts. The massive, ma- well, I could basically swim it, let's be honest, uh, for the re- remaining two matches of this T20 series between England and the West Indies. We find out what happened also when one of the TalkSport team went behind the scenes and spent the day training with the county cricket side. Sorry, it's sorry. I'm just going to say it's sorry. Uh, we'll look at how much fitness has evolved in the modern game and Alex Tudor tells us what he's going to miss most about St. Lucia. You're listening to Following On. Well, I'm on the balcony of our villa. Just, when I say villa, it makes it sound slightly more (laughs) glamorous than it is, but that's what it's called. I'm on the balcony of our villa in St. Lucia. I'm here with Alex Tudor, um, and we're going to talk about something slightly different, Tudes. We're going to talk about pre-seasons, okay? For most cricketers, pre-seasons are their favourite time of the year, am I right? No. (laughs) It's um, it's one I talk about now with the the young lads. I said, I, I pray I'm thankful that I played in the era I did. You know, when I finished, I would go into the oval and see how the boys are preparing and training, and it's it's brutal. It's it's endless. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, times have changed. They're on 12-month contracts now. When I was playing, it was just six months. So basically, the lads would go away for the winter, either South Africa or Australia, and go and play some grade cricket or just have some downtime. I really, basically, never used to see anything indoors or anything until after Christmas. And then you just do some slight training and then everyone would meet up sort of March and then get yourself ready. But these lads are pretty much end of September, October, 1st of November. They're in, they're doing, you know, fitness work, yo-yo tests, strengthening tests, doing this, doing that. And I just, for me, it's too soon because, you know, you play six months of the year. You know, if you're a bowler, you know, your body's taking an absolute beating. You're up and down, driving to games up north, down south. And I just think you need to have downtime, but obviously they have to justify these contracts these boys are on now, so they they got to get in, unfortunately. And yeah, they're in first of November, all the way to the to preseason. And, and for yourself, like you were obviously a bowler who batted a little bit. Um, and if you played in this modern game, you'd probably be a T20 um, uh, specialist as much as anything. Maybe not a specialist, but certainly a, you'd be a T20 prospect. Yeah. You know, I'm still thinking about getting you out for St Lucia, oh. um, but but. You would have spent a lot more time, I would have thought, on upper body work for hitting long balls and, and doing stuff like that. That that's you know you're a big guy as it is, but some of the West Indian players and some of, even some of the modern English players they're massive compared to you. Yeah, you're right. I to base, basically, Joe, you're being very kind. I didn't do my upper body 
for hitting purposes. It was something for purely, <laughs> purely different. It was basically just to try and look good and look good in a t-shirt and vests. And as I always say to the young lads now, you know, if I was to, you know, start again, it will be obviously work on that lower half, your legs, um, lower back, tummy, because that's what's taking the brunt of all the forces that go through your body. So I would redo that, but. You know, my time's gone. It's about these young lads now. Um, T20 specialist. I mean, I would like to think I would be able to play. I think, you know, I, yeah, I was quite handy with a bat, bowling, and, you know, I was a decent fielder, so I would like to think I could play, but I don't think about that now. It's, you know, my time's gone. Um, these lads now, as you rightly said, standing on the pitch in the outfield with some of these West Indian lads are huge. I mean, I'm six foot five, 17 stone. Some of these lads dwarf me. I mean, O'Shea Thomas is a huge individual. He's 22 years old. I know there's been talk about maybe him having to lose some weight, um, which is most probably true, to be fair, but he is a huge unit. Carlos Braffitt is a, is a, a massive guy. Jason Holder, tall. Chris Gale, they're all big units. They all spend a lot of time in the gym, and people that follow them on social media, you know, there's a lot of time with top-offs and bench press, arm curls, stuff like that. You don't see many of the lads doing squats. And doing leg day, which is a little bit brutal. But, um, yeah, they're big, strong boys now. And as you say, they hit the ball for miles. And, you know, no ground in world cricket is really big enough for these boys. Well, we'll talk about the contract I'll offer you for next year's CPL in a minute. Uh, but uh, as you heard at the top of the show, TalkSport were granted special access to go and spend the entire day with a professional cricket side. Mark Nicholas and Darren Goff, uh, unfortunately, well, you know, there's hamstring and uh, old age concerns there for those two. And uh, Gareth Batty, is, he says he's still a current player. We're not, no one's quite sure. I mean, he still has the kit, but no one's sure. I mean, who, who goes to Surrey second 11 games to, to check, to be fair? But we sent um, assistant pro- producer James Savundra. Um, so let's see how he got on. After 16 years of waiting, in August 2018... They finally did it. Surrey are county championship winners with two games to spare. The Oval Outfits have wrapped up the title following a ninth straight win. Director of Cricket Alex Stewart told Talk Sports this could be the start of a period of dominance. We don't just want it to be a one-off. We now want to build on this year and try and win it again next year and the year after. Today I'm at the Kia Oval where I'll be going behind the scenes and finding out what goes into a pre-season. But rather than watching on from the sidelines, I'm going to be taking an active role and finding out just what it takes to be a professional cricketer. We only used to report back about the 15th of March, ready to take the season on at that point. And it was solely up to you to be at a level when you turned up for the season. But now it's all different. We get about three to four weeks off at the end of the season. And we're straight back in here, fitness testing first week of November. So, uh, yeah, it certainly has changed. Well, I'm downstairs in the Ken Barrington Cricket Centre where a few of the guys are hitting a few balls, just getting their skills up to speed ahead of the new season. I'm told this part of the year is all about honing your skills, whether with bat, ball or in the field, but I'm fairly sure I'm going to get a fair examination here. I've got Daz Vaness, the head of strength and conditioning. He's going to be throwing to me, so uh, let's see how I get on. Daz Vaness, a big fella. Long levers, boom. Oh, it's another short one. He's getting ready for the Caribbean here. That's another short one. It's bounced at least 10 foot high. Well and above James's head. Absolutely played it with ease. Not a lot of pace there from Daz Vaness. I think he needs to crank it up a fraction. That was only about 75 miles an hour. Vaness in again. Oh, this is a naughty one into the ribs. Very well played, young man. That was a bit more of a... Get off! Get off! It's right under his armpit. 
Hit down to fine leg, that's a run. He's off strike, he's down this end. So I did make it out in one piece. Next up this morning is the running. Now this is the part of the week all the players dread. So whilst I get my trainers on, I'll let assistant head coach Vikram Solanke explain just why pre-season is so crucial from a skills point of view. A lot of the groundwork is done now. You might just maintain some stuff and keep on top of it because you can't make big adjustments during the season. When you're in a real sort of competitive phase, you can't make big changes to your game. It's very tricky to do something like that. So a lot of the work is done now and it's vital that you do the work uh, off-season and try and improve your game. The old adage of if you're, if you're not looking to improve your sort of standing still, it remains true in sport and certainly in a technical sport like cricket. So the session we're doing now, it's a 10 second, we call it an MAS session, right? Because it's based off your MAS, your maximum aerobic speed. So for the fitter lads uh, who have a bigger uh, score on the yo-yo test, okay, they'll be a little bit further away. So the distance is the, is the variable, the distance is the thing that changes. So the time that you run is the same for everyone. Fitter lads run, run further, the lads with a lower conditioning level run a little bit shorter. Okay? But the big thing that we're working on, it's a 10 second session, so it's 10 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Okay, so it's a one-to-one work-rest ratio. But the thing that we'll focus on, because it's a short period of time, it's quite intense running, which means the focus has to be on the turn. safe to say that was one of the physically toughest things I've ever had to do. The fitness levels of the players is seriously impressive and whether that be Conor McCurr who's only 21 years old to Gareth Batty who's 41 now. The voice you just heard barking at us that was the head of strength and conditioning Daz Vaness. Let's see what he made of my effort. Honestly I was happy that you were still there at the end. I was very impressed the fact that you were still there at the death, so that was good. There's uh, a couple that you, uh, that you there was a couple of short ones, and a couple that you had a tactical uh, tactical recovery break, but overall that was an outstanding effort, mate. The guys, they really put their bodies on the line there. Hmm. Just what benefits will they see out of these sort of sessions? Well, again, by working at that maximum capacity we're, we're trying to improve their repeat sprint ability there's no doubt about that that's a big factor in it but the other the other factor that we're looking at is their mental ability to keep coping with that high intensity and the final one is the the pressure of the turns you know they're coming into it at a high velocity so again by getting the lads stronger uh, we've been able to break later and accelerate quicker so that means that they're a high speed for a longer period of time uh, between the, between the wickets so that's a big deal and then the rest of it it's organizing that turn if we get that turn organized under this kind of intensity it means that there's a good chance we'll see that replicated out on the pitch well i'm here with matt dunn sorry fast bowler matt i found that pretty much impossible just how tough is the running for you boys uh yeah it's, i mean it's it's pretty tough but I think for us, we're conditioned to do it. So, I mean, for yourself coming in, it's complete shock. Whereas for us, that's what, what we sort of do. We drill that through the whole whole winter. And our aim is to sort of overtrain to make, you know, playing cricket easy. So, for us, we need to put ourselves in those hard situations, make the body tired so that when it comes to playing, it seems easy. So We've just headed into the gym here now. You've done your running, you've done your skills in the morning. Um, just what are you looking to get out of these gym sessions? I think it's just growing a base um, for most of the players. You know, we don't have to be bodybuilders, but a lot of it, you know, each individual has got their bits they need to work on. You know, for me, whether it's 
growing your hamstring strengthening or squats. So for us, it's just sort of getting nailing the bits that you need for your own body and improving. I've got Connor McCurr alongside me, and Connor, your core strength is is pretty impressive, I must say. Oh, thank you. Um, we kind of have to do it. That's our main focus as bowlers. So, I mean, that's 90% of my training. The rest of it's just for show, really. It's not all about the abs. Obviously, you feel extreme benefits, especially fast bowling and long season ahead. Yeah. Oh, geez, it's it's the work we put in now that's going to help us in September when the whole country is dead. We've played seven million games, so. I think it's absolutely crucial. It's not about the abs, it's about everything around it. So, happy days. Quite an eye-opener working out in the gym with the squad. There's a real focus on core strength and hamstring strength. Those are two areas I've been told I need to work on. Hamstrings are one of the most common injury areas, so it's vital they're looked after. Now, one thing I've observed today is that it's very player-driven here. The players take ownership of their own games, this is something I discussed with Director of Cricket, Alex Stewart. It went through a period of time a few years ago when it just seemed as though everyone was being told, yet when you get out in the middle, you're on your own. You haven't got a coach on your shoulder telling you what to do. So that's all we say to people is you make the decisions. When you make a decision, you've got to make sure you won't always get it right. You know, that is the thing. But I always say if your thought process is right, but your execution is wrong, I can live with that because you're actually thinking about doing the right things. At that moment, your skill sets weren't quite up to scratch. But that's not a major car crash for me. It's when your thought process is wrong and your execution is wrong. That is just dumb, stupid and thick. And that's when we do have problems. So through giving players ownership, they learn to think, they learn from their mistakes. And hopefully more times than not, they'll take the right decision, make the right decision. And then ideally, because of the work they put in on the training ground, execute it correctly too. There'll be a huge number of club cricketers returning to nets at the moment. I just wonder what sort of advice you give to those guys to get the most out of their pre-season. Well, one is have a purpose. Why are you turning up? If you're just turning up to hit balls from a batting point of view, you won't achieve a lot. And um, if you're turning up to actually groove shots, get back in a swing of thing, to begin with, you know, you'll be rusty. There will be ring rustiness there. So you almost want to just knock that out of you. But then it's no different to whatever level you play. Train and practice for a purpose. What have you gone into that net for? If you're just hitting volume, of balls then that's okay but what are you actually achieving but if you're looking at technical areas to improve on make sure there's another set of eyes at the other end of the net to assist but also you should be self-coaching yourself the very best players self-coach they understand their own game they understand what they do well they also understand what they need to improve on they're also very very honest that's a crucial thing be honest with your own game so if you get out was it your fault was it a bad decision? Was it a brilliant piece of bowling or an unbelievable bit of fielding? But be honest, if you hide and just keep saying, shocking decision, the umpire saw me off, I was giving out LBW and whatever, even though it was knocking out middle, you're trying to say it was missing leg. Uh, the same if you get caught at cover, it probably wasn't a very good shot. So that's what I'm saying is be really honest, self-critical, but be constructive in your criticism to try and improve. But now when you go into the net, at the end of that net session, walk out having achieved something.
Well, that sounded like fun for, well, no one really. Um, certainly not for the Surrey guys who had to babysit um, Sav uh, while he went through all that. Um, some interesting stuff came out of that. We're, we're sort of changing a little bit. So the, the era that you played in, as you said, six-month contracts and things were changing. Then we got to 12 months and players were told exactly what to do. And now what we're seeing is this sort of growth mindset um, thing that you see in schools. And it's now all about, well, you're the professional athlete. We're going to give you all the best advice. And it's a play-and-driven culture now. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, if I was to look back, you know, you had bowlers doing the same thing as batsmen. It, it just didn't really make any sense, but that's what it was back then. And I think it's right. And what they're saying is, you know, you've got to take ownership of your game. Um, you know, as an individual, what it is you, you need to do. They will sort of put you in the on the right steps. And it's, you know, a bowler who is explosive, like, say, a Stuart Meeker, is not going to do the same as, say, a Sam Curran. I don't think so. You know, their needs are going to be slightly different. I think Stuart would do more explosive strength work because that's the type of bowler he is. Sam Curran is going to most probably bowl longer spells. He's a swing bowler, so he's not going to try and bulk up and get too big and obviously work on his batting as well because he's an all-rounder of some repute, as we all know. So things are different. Wicketkeeper is going to be slightly, slightly different than spinners. You know, Gareth Bat, as he said, old man now, 41 Still going extremely well, you know, while he was out here with us, you know, he was out here pounding the roads, 10 mile runs that he told us about constantly every 10 minutes. Um, so Stewie, he was doing his work, I, I promise you. As you rightly said, Gerard, it's, you know, it's, it's player driven and I think that's the way you have to go. But obviously every individual needs to know the right and proper way about going about things. It's interesting as well. Obviously, there's there's a bit in the um, in the special about um, training for club cricket, and I can tell you how I was trained for club cricket. I tried to make sure that I was batting six or seven, so that I didn't have to go out and umpire early on. Um, you know, so I trained my mind to, to really focus on that six or seven position, and then, you know, uh, you know, with my leg spin, my run up sometimes upwards of six or seven paces. So you know, after bowling ten overs, I was so tired. So um, I mean, most most uh, amateurs in the UK don't train in Australia we used to do two hour fitness sessions and an hour of fielding before batting or bowling or after batting and bowling it, it seems like English uh, cl club cricket's getting a bit more serious now I've been out of the game now for maybe four years or so playing club cricket and when we played it'll be you had to come to either a Tuesday or Thursday night session to you know obviously bowl some overs make sure you get some batting in and, and obviously do your fielding but now you know club cricket you know it's a lot of young lads playing guys who sort of harbour ambitions of maybe getting into the first class game getting on academy so it's it's a lot younger than when I first played it was sort of slightly a lot more senior players playing club cricket and I think it was great for my education because I learned off them guys don't have the time as in regards of you know they've got young families and you know the partners are not quite allowing the lads to to play all day cricket because you can be gone from nine in the morning till you know sort of ten at night and then if you've got a cup game on a Sunday trying to pass that one past the wife ex um, or the girlfriend is slightly difficult but um, it is definitely led by these young lads and as you say you know they do train hard I mean they train to exhaustion everyone's trying to hit the ball out of the ground um, you know you see good high scores in, in club cricket now and you see guys who are able to you know from ball one you know start hitting the ball over the rope so you know you have to make sure as a bowler that you get your practice in as in regards of bowling your Yorkers, have you got a good bouncer? How's your slower ball? Are you bowling your slower ball straight? Are you bowling it slightly wider? But if you go too wide, the umpire's gonna, so you have to make sure that all areas are covered. Can you bowl around a wicket? You know, you've got to make sure no stones on turd and, and in doing that, you've got to give the time. If you don't, you're gonna found, be found wanting.
Well, we are leaving St. Lucia, um, sadly. I think we must have, well, I must have spent about three weeks here now by this point. What, what are you going to miss the most about uh, St. Lucia? Well, I have to thank you, Gerard, on this one. Uh, you rightly put me in the, in the right path in, and these food trucks are absolutely phenomenal. I've eaten there for the last three days and I think I'm going to eat there again tonight. Yeah, that's what I'll miss most. I mean, obviously the sun and the beach, but we're, we, you know, we, you know, we will also get that in 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 the other part of the, in St Kitts. But um, my mac pie and you know my oxtail and curry goat, rice and peas, it's like plantain cheese. Yeah, gonna miss it all. Gonna miss all the food. Uh, yeah, if you are ever in St. Lucia, it's opposite the Harbour Club. Uh, so, I mean, I would suggest booking yourself into the Harbour Club, not eating any food there <laughs> and walking across the road. But that's just my personal, you know, choice. You might like the food. They've, they've got a pizzeria at the Harbour Club. But seriously, don't eat there. Eat at the food trucks across the road. Thank you very much for listening to Following On, um, this special from TalkSpot. Don't forget to subscribe uh, so that you never miss an episode. Tomorrow, join Tudes and I on a sightseeing tour around St. Kitts, where we'll also look um, ahead to Friday's second T20. Goodbye for now. Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.